and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. I'm here with Riley. Hello, Riley. Hey, Mike. How are you? I am very well. Riley is from the Friend and Foe Adventure Co. Adventure Co. Adventure Company. Adventure Corporation. Adventure Co. is what we call it. Corporation company. I don't know yet. It's a it's a rhymey thing. Yeah. And it's a podcast. It won't astonish you to learn, dear readers. It's you know people playing a game, but they're not playing D and D. I find this entirely baffling. Riley, why don't you tell us about what do you want to talk about? Tell us about your podcast. Just the base. Give us the basics. Give us the overview. It's me, my wife, and then uh, I can count three friends. Definitely can count. Yes, <laughs> I never forget any yep. of my friends. Uh, and we're playing Bunkers and Badasses, <laughs> which is the D&D of the Borderlands universe. So in right. Borderlands 2, the video game, they had a DLC that was just them playing this tabletop game and role playing and all this silliness. And then eventually they made it into a real game. And I was like, yes, that's I want that. I want to do an actual play with that. As soon as they announced it, I was already planning doing an actual play. And then like a year and a half later, it finally came out. So Borderlands is a video game. Yes. That is something that I didn't know. I don't really know very much about it. I mean, I do know what video games are, um, you know, and I have played them, but I didn't know. I'm not familiar. No, well, I'm not a DLC. Don't tell. Is that downloadable content? Yeah, that's it. Oh, you see, I am young. I'm still yeah, young. You figure, you've got it. Okay, so in the video game, there's a role-playing game that they play. Yeah, and it's it's great. Like you have a bunker master or the BM, which is what I am in our show, and and the BM narrates right. it in the game, and you have these, you have like a voiceover going as you're playing, and right. it'll it'll narrate what you're seeing, and then they'll be like, "Oh, you know what? Never mind," and they change what it is, and it's all very, very immature stuff. In B and B, you're playing through, and this, I don't know, thirteen year old girl is the one running the campaign, and so everything's very like fart jokes and explosions and. Sorry, stuff. are we talking about the game as oh, it's yeah. portrayed in the video? In the game? video game, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I thought for a moment there that I had missed something fundamental about what I've been oh, no. listening to with you guys. No, no, yeah. <laughs> so you've got the role-playing game and the video game, which has got its own kind of flavor, and then they actually released the role-playing game as an actual role-playing game, yeah. and that's what you play. Yes, yeah. I got rambly and there about it. I, I just get so excited about it all. Ramble away. I'm just trying to just trying to fix it in my mind. Yeah. Tell us about that world, then. Tell us about the world in which the game is set, like your game is set, as it were, rather than the... Yeah. the way that it's portrayed in the video game yeah yeah so i didn't want to take too much from the video games because i wasn't sure about if i needed to get licenses or permissions for that so i just yes we started our own world we got a demo of the game actually about six seven months before it came out so i ran that recorded it yes tested out you yes. know playing it that's our episode i ended up putting that as episode 10 and 11 oh no it was 9 and 10 episodes 9 and 10 were that okay right and uh and it was so fun that I wanted to, you know, continue it on, but I wanted to take it out of that world. And so we just go to like the neighboring country. So all of that stuff still exists, but now I have a whole nother country that I can just play around with, make up whatever I want. Uh, it kind of goes into sci-fi-ish. There's no space stuff necessarily, but you're using guns. There's technology like energy shields and yes, you're using swords and fighting orcs and yes. skeletons, all this People stuff. are restoring their shields all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I... Okay, so that's a mechanic. Yep. I mean, without getting too into the weeds of it, what are the mechanics? Are they based off like D20 or are they different or what? Yeah, I mean, it's D20 stuff. So you've got a couple of stats, talk, interact. Uh, or no, what are the four stats? You'd think I'd know. There's only four of them. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah. But 
Maybe there's more than that. Um, there was something called accuracy at some point, but is that something else? No, that's that's one of them. Oh, I've got okay. it right here. Excellent. Oh, accuracy, this mastery, you now. speed, and damage. Right. Those are your four stats. And then three of those stats have two sub-stats that'll be like yes, yes, interact yes. and okay. talk and whatever. Okay, so it's a science fantasy inflected adventure yeah. like world. And the rule set is sort of roughly D20, but it's got different kind of basic stats and different mechanics that reflect the world in which it's set. Is that a fair? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. One of the really cool things is they do these badass moves. And so your players just can team up and say whatever they want to do, no matter how ridiculous it is. Sometimes we right. even push to be like, well, that's okay, but could you make it even more over the top? And then... <laughs> Right. They roll collectively, and if they achieve the number, then they're able to do it. And if not, then they fail in a spectacular fashion, and it's even more funny. So it's a kind of stunt mechanic yeah, exact. thing. It's one of my favorite parts. What are the bunkers? So far, our podcast is 0% bunkers. Right. So it's just a way to make it B and B. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Instead so of D&D. It's just a thing. Yeah. We want to make it sound a bit like D&D, so we just come up with right bunkers and badasses. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay. I don't think oh, there's well, any bunkers... Been in the games either but they're vault hunters yep vault hunters are the heroes well iffy heroes right. is there a class mechanic are they yeah yeah there's different classes okay. so i mean there's you've got like a mechanoidy one and you've yeah. got a and you've got a siren and you've got a mechromancer they have like a robot companion That's right. and then a psycho yes. which is more of like just a beefy usually yeah. idiots but ours is kind of more yeah. of an aloof silly yeah one and then you've got like a wizard and you've got like a thing okay it's usually entertaining i'm uh, working my way through the story and uh i like the way that you split the narrative and you kind of split the group up and they go off and they cover different areas of the story and i like the crazy stunt stuff that they do and it's got a good sense of humor and it's got good audio quality and all around um yeah it's really good fun yeah thanks when do you release do you release weekly bi-weekly so every other tuesday oh i miss the days of bi-weekly i really do right <laughs> what are you on now i'm so far i'm on episode <laughs> we're, 10 so we're weekly and oh. we're on episode this is episode 137 jeez i think that weekly has worked for us because we've got a story which has got a thread and i think that bearing in mind that our players can't remember from one session to another what they're doing yeah. keeping the foot on the accelerator a little bit uh, gas in your parlance uh, riley I think kind of keeps things in people's minds. Yeah. And our eight readers for them as well. Probably. Nine now. But it is nine. Nine. You see? Yeah. That's a 12.5. Is that 12.5%? Yes, that's a 12.5% uplift. Oh, hey. Yeah. I, I presume people can find you. Where can people find you? Where's the best place to find you? Twitter at FF Adventure Co. is where we're most active yeah. on social medias, but wherever you podcast is, yeah. our, is where the show is. Yeah, at. yeah. Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, which is where we met. Yeah. Great. In terms of your gaming history, do you play lots of d and I mean, what, what got you into it? How long have you been a, a, a role player? Oh, boy. I played 3E in high school. Right. And then yeah. I stopped. And I eventually started listening to some podcasts, like Harmontown. They started yeah. playing D&D at the end of the episodes, and it was a lot of fun. And then I wanted to play a little bit. Yeah. My brother's really into it. So I would kind of occasionally play with him. But I really picked it back up for bunkers and badasses like i started fully getting into it even though i was listening to like four actual plays at the time i didn't have a group that could be consistent enough and so this was it pretty much i ran a couple of sessions of D D before i started doing this but i think 
like episode yeah. nine is my third or fourth time running a game. Oh, right. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to have to fast forward to episode nine to laugh at you and your, your rookie moves. <laughs> I know. It, but it was definitely a written <laughs> adventure, made it nice and easy. Audio quality on that's bad. <laughs> well, okay. Audio quality on people's early episodes is always bad. Yeah. You should try ours. Well, so Bunks of Badasses, a weird concept which I think I'm kind of beginning to grasp. It's like a joke that's turned into a not joke, but nevertheless, it's kind of inflective kind of humor and it's brightly colored science fantasy adventure. Yeah. And I certainly think that you do justice to that concept in the shows that I've listened to. You're on every other Tuesday. You're on all the main podcast platforms. Readers, I beseech, I implore you, find the Friend and Foe Adventure Co., Adventure Company, Adventure Corporation, whatever it is. You'll find it. Anyway, you'll find it. I'll put a link in the show notes. Check them out. As always, ratings and reviews are extremely pleasing to us. Make us pleased, please, by rating and reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find us on social media at Belooning Hilto on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram where we post the occasional stupid picture. Thank you, Riley. Thank you for your time. It's been very interesting chatting to you. Thanks so much for having me on. This was a a lot of fun. It's been great. Let us, without further ado, push on with episode 137 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, Don't Look Back in Amber. That's a good name. The rule set set doesn't lend itself to tests outside of combat very well. They haven't, they, they've deliberately kind of removed a lot of that from 5e, whereas I think most of it was covered in 3.5 and, and Pathfinder. They've super simplified it. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake yeah. because then you don't have rules for, well, what are the rules for running or what are the rules for jumping? You know, they, they've tried to get rid of all of that and you're like, well, that's the other part of the game. But anyway. I'm guessing as to what the thought process was, but my instinct would be that they're like, there are people who like a very granular game with loads of factors and modifiers and feats and all that kind of stuff and then there are people who don't but they acknowledge that every now and again they're going to have to work out whether or not you can climb a wall or hang drop or whatever so let's just keep it incredibly simple and run it all off the abilities and basically give the opportunity to to do some granularity in there but, but after that let's not worry about it and leave it in the hands of the dm and i mean it's it's a question of taste yeah I don't think it is a question of taste. I think it's basically saying we don't value that side of the game very much to have enough rules around them. Exactly. It's a question of taste. They don't think that that side of the game is worth lavishing rules on because their tastes run in different directions. I get the feeling that they're not, that it's either role play or combat. And I thought no one was as combatty as we were, basically. But maybe I'm wrong. We're very combatty but when they take pathfinder i mean it's, it's always held up as the comparator right yeah. so pathfinder really granularly goes into stuff like that like it's yeah, it even got a grab an edge reaction yeah and all of those things that builds in mechanics around all of the little fiddly dramatic moments around passing tests of skill or whatever which i think you need personally it's literally what i mean it's a question of taste uh, okay i think some other people kind of think do I really want to play a game where when I'm climbing up a wall and it's raining and there's a rope or there isn't a rope or it's knotted or it isn't knotted and blah, blah, blah. I have to get into a whole load of stuff and I've got feats. And I mean, some people love, I mean, I like that. I, I share your tastes, but hey. Well, I think they went for this kind of hybrid, didn't they? Where they wanted to say, we want it to be sort of like 3.5 and sort of like AD&D. And so you can choose which level detail you went to so they they end up with this kind of compromise which is neither yeah that sounds sensible to me as a kind of way of looking at it put in the detail that we think is absolutely required 
But they play tested stuff though as well. So you just wonder. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, the lack of rules around certain kinds of activities, we may um, <laughs> we may uh, bump along the bottom of those a little bit later in this session, depending upon what happens. Mm-hmm. There is a danger that we may have to stray into an area that requires some new rules that I may or may not have worked out this afternoon. Good. Let's okay. take a guess on the may or may not have. I'm well, the, <laughs> No, no, that's you'll you'll there's it's 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 both one and the other. I'm betting oh Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's rules. Until yeah, until yeah. we look at them, we don't know whether that's you right. have or haven't. Until you roll the dice. You have both there are still is and is not a rule. Yes. Yeah, precisely. Yes. Good evening, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello readers. Hello, Alison. Hello, Kate. Hello, Chris. Hello, Nate. Hello, Shannon person. Hello, Ed. Hello, Hello Ed. Hello, trees. Hello, flowers. Willkommen. <laughs> auf dem Podcast auf uh, Lucas. Auf Lucas. Auf Lucas. <laughs> no, <laughs> we need some German, Lucas. What should I say in German? Anything. Billowing hilltop. Billowing hilltop. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> what it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's a proper noun. It's, 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 it's... Okay, what's the German for hilltop? Um, Hügel. Hügel? Hügel. And what's the... What? Hügel. And what's auf the German? Hügel, auf dem Hügel. Auf dem... <laughs> kind of, I don't know. Billowing. I think he's just pretending billowing, yeah. that he knows German. I don't think he oh, doesn't know German, German does at all. I don't think he does really live in Switzerland. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he lives in Luton. <laughs> <laughs> Slough. <laughs> Just very quickly has to jump on the flight every now and again to yeah. maintain the fiction. <laughs> it just takes the tube out to Heathrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Wanders yeah. around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we ended with the appearance of a new person, a person for Paul. You spoke the magic words of what's it? I've got them here somewhere. Yeah, magic words. Someone were, my defender. Envish nominoi lexri ekesh ranokshve ekesh veratreshkri. Yeah, which is draconic for speak yeah. these words to return me to the world. And uh, this reptilian personage has appeared before you, armoured, carrying a giant machete. And Paul, describe this person to us, please. This person is six foot six. This person is a dragonborn. Yeah, wearing scale mail. He's, as Mike says, he's carrying an enormous machete, which is actually called the massive chopper of the Mismarsh. And <laughs> and the blade glows a little bit green, but the handle is red. And he's wearing scale mail. Green. And there you are. What do you want to know? How come you came? Do we get it? Came to be? Do we get a name? In I mean, case uh, in his name, his full name is. Twinkle Toes Scaly O'Tool, but he prefers to be referred to as Scaly. Well, I heard that was Tool, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tool Chopper. Massive Tool. Massive tool. Yeah. tool with a massive chopper. Really? I, yeah, I tried to talk him out of it. <laughs> yeah. Of Miss Marge. Okay. But how did you come to be encased in amber? Well, I don't remember that part. The last thing, the last thing he remembers was going down the ladder... He had met Rabadabadas. Of the Rabadabadop. Oh, you know him? No. no. Oh. And he introduced me to somebody called Lashonda. Well, I. And. Lashonda? Uh, t- Shonda? Who's Shonda? Lashonda. Who's Lashonda? I don't know. 
I don't know who the Shona is. Isn't it the Shona? It's going well. Again. The Shona. The Shona. Cut. The Shona. Where's the bloody details? Details, details. 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 He'd met with Lashona and with Rabbit Epidas. Oh, I um, see. So you know... I don't really know much about him. I met him by chance. Right. Lashona had discovered the evil tribe had a shrine beneath the plague house. They said, don't go there. And I went there. And I went down this kind of ladder under the mm-hmm. plague house. And that's the last thing I remember. Right. Until right. Uh, now. Been there. Seen that. Done that. Done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, have Got you? the magic. And this was 12 years ago. In, 16 in terms years of the ago. T- 16 years ago. 16. In terms of the timeline, Mike. How long ago did he say? Sorry. 16, 16 years. Yeah. It's close enough. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what is it actually, Mike? Mike, I how did he remember. come to be ca- encased in amber? <laughs> uh, uh, he doesn't know. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that Scaly Tall has told you everything you need to know, really. He came to Frostanger. I think there was a re- Why did he come to Frostanger? The episode. It's Paul trying to yeah. get his story oh. straight. <laughs> It's just good. Just like complex backstory. This is, this is some mothers do have them, isn't it? What? He swore a vengeance. <laughs> he swore a vengeance oath against the Emmetriad after Ulfang laid waste to the clan. Okay. As in, like a paladin's oath? Yes, he's a paladin. He's ah. The, he's a right. paladin of beer mat. <laughs> the deity of I knew that. Yes, you did. So his right. vengeance is against the Ebon Triad, and he's been trying to track them down. Right. And to well, hunt, we know in order to are. hunt them down. You know where they are. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, have we done, Fine. Have we done well, that there we now? go. So we have a paladin okay. called Scaly Tool right. who has sworn an oath of vengeance against the Ebon Triad. Clearly has met Lashona and Rabadabadas, who sent... And this uh, was 16 years ago, right? Give or take, yeah. Uh, well, so you've been down there asking. basically trapped for 16 years. That's not yeah. very good. Yes, it would explain... What's the, what's the timeline? I think it was, 16, it was a roughly 16 years ago that Rabadabadas appeared, having visited the Spire of Long Shadows, reappeared mm. in front of Markush, said, there's so much to learn there, but I've got a new lead to the north that I'm going to follow, disappeared again, and that was the last that Markush had seen of him. Who was in charge of Frostanger at the time? How long ago did Zeech seize control and sever ties with... 20 years ago. He was always in control, but it was a city-state that was a vassal state of Evenstar and the Hinterlands. Okay. But does that mean... those connections 20 years ago. Okay. Tool is really out of date, sort of fashion-wise, wearing sort of 70s clothes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. You're in your room at the inn in the Ogre's hideout. Okay. With your new friend. Okay. Somebody give me a religion check. Is it intelligence religion? Yeah, unfortunately, it is. It's Ali. Yeah, religion check. It's just uh, sixteen. Oh, seven. Sixteen from sessions. Sessions. You do remember something about the draconic deity Beermat? There is a draconic deity called. Tiamat. Yes. An evil entity. Uh-huh. A multi-headed dragon that some feel is a draconic version or in the ancestry of or part of the through line that runs into Banshivu. Mm-hmm. Queen Marshal of the Howling Horde. The deity worshipped by all of the bandit kingdoms to your north. Mm-hmm. Bahamut is the... Platinum dragon. Is the platinum dragon, the good-aligned draconic deity. 
if you trace the lineage forwards, you get to Urt. Mm-hmm. Biamat is the conjunction of the two. It's the deity worship, to your understanding, by the small pockets of dragon-born dragon kid that still eke out a living in the world. Okay. What leads have we got apart from the ball? Do you want me to kind of refresh your memories? Well, there's yes. Lashana, but otherwise... Who you want to speak to, but you're not having much luck with. We thought we would need to wait till the, till the gala dinner to speak Almost to certainly, her. yeah, that's in about a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what have we got to do in between? Surely six days now, less than a yep. week. Because we've just done a, a day, basically. You found a reference to Ilthane the dragon in the ledger that you discovered in the hidden room in the shrine under the plague house that seemed to indicate that the dragon's lair was somewhere called the Traitor's Graves, which is an island out in the bay. That was one option. That was something that you were thinking about following up in any case before you went out to the plague house. That would be something you could think about. Have we had a long rest? Well, you had a long rest yesterday afternoon that took you round to roughly midnight. At midnight or just after, you then ventured again down into the shrine and had your final battle with the Ebon Aspect. Probably took you about an hour. Then it took you about an hour to get back to where you are. And all of that has wound us around to about two in the morning. The ogre's hideout, which was buzzing when you arrived, is now starting to wind down a little bit. The noise coming through the floor of your room is diminishing. Uh, While you're standing there talking to each other, a quasit appears in the middle of the room. Just amongst you all. Okay, hit it. With a long, ornate chest <clears throat> at its feet. And this is, um, this is Johnny's it. new character. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's no Johnny, by the way, readers. He's, well, uh, he's asleep. We'll wake him up if we can later on. But somebody check in and somebody has to have a quick look and... I'm not going in there. He's all right. I was thinking that what we could do is get like a, a little harness for him. You know, like they do for little toddlers. When they, they, you hold on to them, that's what we could yeah, do. That's a bit weird, Paul. <laughs> this quasit goes, <clears throat> Yes, what? And in Alessandra's voice, mm-hmm. perfectly rendered, says to you, Oh, bugger, I'm dead. I bequeath to you as follows. Bugraft, you can have the periapt of wound closure. Purple. <laughs> You can have the bow of the east wind and the boots of elvenkind. <laughs> boots of elvenkind. Parker, you can have the wings of flying and the plus two longbow. Sessions, you can have the 4,890 gold pieces I have saved. Keep them, swap them, sell them. I doubt this is the last of your involvement with the Elch Splinters. At which point the Quasit bows politely and disappears again. Tonight's beer, Mike, is Beavertown Neck Oil. Oh, classic. Just uh, delightful. My beer this evening is a Monday night, you know, weedy beer. Bandit from the Gypsy Hill Brewery. Not bad. Ooh. Very bitter, three point odd percent, right? Um, yeah. You know, Monday night beer. There we go. Just as things are getting quieter, you hear a roar from downstairs and it sounds like a load of people just turned up and have kind of barreled into the inn in the main room below you. Right. So we haven't had a, a long rest yet. No, not yet. Well, I have. <laughs> You've had a very long I've rest. I've had an yet. enormously long rest. I think a long rest is a good idea. Yeah. Well, sure. there's a sort of thunderous sound from downstairs. It sounds like people are calling for drinks, and after about five minutes, 
as you're looking at each other thinking, oh God, I hope they don't make too much noise. We're trying to get, to get a bit of sleep. There is a thundering hammer on your door. Uh, you! Come on. <laughs> God, it's one of these voices. Come on. <laughs> you there. Boom, 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 boom. You there. Show yourselves. Show yourselves. Scaly's going to go to the door and open it. <laughs> He's six, There's a hobgoblin out there. He's six foot six. There's a hobgoblin out there who looks at your midriff. Yeah. And then looks up and goes... <laughs> Sorry, says, I what? can't hear you from down there. Can you speak up? He says... You're making absolutely no sense. Sir, I just wanted to have a bit of a look at you. A look at you. Another hobgoblin is sort of lurking behind the first hobgoblin on the landing. First hobgoblin is stocky, is wearing, you think, quite expensive outward bound gear as in somebody who's from and of the wilderness but loaded and important yeah bombastic and loud looks like a ranger potentially Mm -hmm. his companion thin contemplative slightly more nervous slightly less emphatic a personality with a raven perched on his shoulder the first hobgoblin the stocky ranger hobgoblin says, I just want to have a look at you and a bunch of people I've heard so much about. From who? And he's sort of <laughs> trying to look round. Well, you're the talk of the town. Is that Who is that in the back there? Who is that? And show yourselves. He's trying to kind of look past you, Scaly. I'm, I'm tempted to just shut, I mean, shut the door. He can't see, obviously, there's a tiny gap, but he can't really make out what's on. He's, you know, he's just, I just want to have a... I'm starting to have us really see all these so-called heroes that there's been so much of a chat about. Well, you've had a look. and uh, Thank you very much. Goodbye. Behind and him, the sh- other one kind of coughs and says, um, um, <coughs> Across, this isn't any wise, this isn't any wise, do you feel? Shut up. Don't tell me what I can and cannot do, you imbecile. You're closing the door. Their argument continues, uh, muffled through the door once you've closed it. I go and sit back on the bed. And they've got... Hammers on the door again. Boom, 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 boom. Come on, come on. Go and open the door again. Oh, it's you again. No, it's you Where again. Where are the others? You're not part of the description that I've been given. Apparently there's a girl with an eye patch. And there's a, there's a gentleman with funny eyes. And there's a green thing. And there's a small thing. And there's someone that looks a bit like Leo Sin. <laughs> 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 um, famous, I don't really know what to make of this guy. Uh, what, famous, famous heroes, what? apparently. F- famous where? Uh, well, this is what I wanted to find oh, out. No. Apparently, they've been invited to, to Prince Zitra's party because they are such adventurers of great renown. And yet, I have never heard of them before. I was wondering whether or not they could elaborate on their catalogue of heroic deeds. <laughs> oh, I understand. One behind him goes, I am not sure. Shut it, Pajas. Shut it. Just so we got, we got names there. I didn't hear them. I didn't get the names. Sorry, what were the names? Bacross and Vajas. The big ones he's called <laughs> Bacross, guy in the doorway. Vajas. And the little sniddly one behind him is called Vajas. That's going and to be easy. Is that? Do we know, do we recognise either of those? Names? You do. I mean, you don't, but your characters would recognise those names. Mm-hmm. 
when you uh -huh. first checked in <laughs> to the ogre's hideout, you were told that the whole of the top floor had been oh. taken up by Bacrus, who's um, right. a lord of the northern wilderlands, and Vajus, his advisor, and their gang of hobgoblin heavies. Right. right. And can we help? Have we, have we taken... Yeah, uh, so he's standing there going, oh, well, I'm so what is it exactly that you have done to have earned yourselves a such an extraordinary reputation? Uh, uh, well, if you've heard know. this, you would know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks awkward. This is the entire point I've heard a description. Oh, you're the talk of the whole town. But I've not ever heard of your town. I've never heard town. I pronounce it. No, I pronounce it in a special way. I thought this was a shitty... <laughs> Yeah, no shitty. <laughs> to be rude. Well, I am a famous singer. That might be it. I hardly feel that the great Lord Zeke would invite just some choir boy to his dinner. <laughs> no, he, you're right. Thanks very much. Doesn't sound like any of you have done any particular things of note. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I doubt we have. We fear for these nicopopes, but just... <clears throat> fear? I wouldn't call them nicopopes, also, my voice seems to have changed briefly. <laughs> I'll go back to the old one later. Somebody give me an insight check. 21. You think you've got a pretty good read, Parker. Fuck yeah. On this fellow. You think that he is obsessed with status. Mm. You think that he is not looking for a fight, but you think that he is looking to kind of take your measure and work out yeah. why people are talking about you and why you've got an invitation to the party on the back of your heroic reputation as international adventurers of repute. He wants to measure the like cut of our well, jib. Right. Do you have an invite to this? Of course I do, because I am Bracross, luster of the northern wilderness. <laughs> I put it to you that you are just a bunch of whippersnappers. And then if I was to have a moment's conversation with Lord Zeech, he would change his mind and disinvite you. That's what I say. Perhaps well, that's his problem. We should he'll take an opportunity to discover. Was that a threat? I don't think I like the cut of your jib, <laughs> green boy. <laughs> shall I shut the door again? None of you seem to be able to come up with a single deed of repute that you have uh, concluded maybe, or maybe committed. Maybe we don't want to yet. How about Can a, I, how about a drink? Fancy I'll, beer? I'll say it. Maybe the well of heroism is dry as far as you're concerned. I have an idea. Why don't we work out once and for all who's best? Mm. How about tomorrow we have a competition to see who's best? <laughs> How does that sound? Mike, no. can I... Uh, yes. I want to say to him, can I just have a private word with you for a <laughs> <laughs> Take him out. No, you bloody can't, you weird-eyed little choir boy. Oh, OK. <laughs> Not coming anywhere. Sca oh, sorry, are you just... scared of talking to somebody on... You know, for a but minute. Just keep an eye on the creepy one, will you, while I talk to the others? <laughs> I suppose I could do that, I suppose. Why don't we have a competition of skill tomorrow in front of the entire town, or once and for all establish which of us is top dog? Huh? Or are you chicken? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not interested. Um, Thank you. Oh. Not turning me down. I shot the door in his face. Never really hear this, can they? You realise that quite a crowd have gathered on the stairs now. Shut the door in his uh, face. Okay. Did get that, did they? Turning me down, yes. Anyway, well, I've got to go now and uh, eat some chicken. 
Starts wandering off. Well, well, there we go. I think that's rather demonstrated that they're a bit of a busted flush. <laughs> when it came down to it, they didn't have the uh, cojones, as they say, in a made-up country that doesn't exist. In <laughs> shall we fight him or shall we do the competition or should we is do it, nothing is it no it's not no is it a, what what competition did you have in mind oh <laughs> you've opened God, the door stuck your head out the door something that you're something that you're particularly good at no doubt I don't know about that no, try and find something I'm not very good at any... that would be the problem I suspect anyway no, sing me a I song just with two no no a song no 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 we're talking about a competition for grown ups not a competition <laughs> for little choir boys with your little rough and your funny little costume. Yeah, so something you're not very good at. No, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no. Bloody yeah. hell, it's I think jokes. you just failed the challenge, didn't you? Oh, we're walking in the earth. What a load of rubbish. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so uh, I challenge you to the, f- the first thing I can think of, and you failed the challenge. You basically brush it off as if it's too difficult. I understand. That's fine. Hey, Thanks very much. What you're trying to do here, choir boy. You're trying to pick some sort of tiny little childish competition. I suggest something much more interesting. I suggest a race around the city tomorrow. A race? You know, is best. What kind of race? What do you say? Well, a race on the great ice balls of the Frostangle wastelands, of course. <sighs> what else? But the thing that you've practiced on for years, yeah? Oh, no, no, no. Never done it before in my life. <laughs> 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 Can I get an insight check into his answers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I get a nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've done it once or twice. <laughs> Parking up a 22. You know, passing familiarity, you know. <laughs> well, are you up for it or are you chicken? Um, yes, okay. Excellent, excellent news. How about a game of archery? A game of archery? Yeah, a test of skill. Maybe after the race, if you live. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we're all friends now. Let's go downstairs and get completely hammered. And he wanders down. Him and his gang, plus whatever gorpers have gathered, start kind of clumpeting down the stairs again, back into the bar, and they all start drinking again, and you can hear minstrels, you know, minstreling. <sighs> want to go and join them? I'll go and join them. I don't need a rest. No, I want to rest. Yes. Eight hours. Yeah. Can we long rest? You can. Nobody disturbs you first thing. Or rather, there's a there's a very tentative knock on the door. The landlord, what's he called again? I can never remember his name. And you certainly can't. No. Frill Beskud. There's a tentative knock on the door at about eight o'clock. The patron is mm-hmm. outside with a wheelie tray of breakfast. Right. <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. I trust you've uh, rested well. I won't disturb you. Wheels in the... Whatever it is. Pando chocolat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Omelette. Watermelon, always weird. <laughs> Exotic fruits, yeah. 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 Mm. Little bits of the fruit plate in cold water. Lucas has completely gone off the reservation there, but yeah. <laughs> and was that related to what we were talking about, Lucas? Or was that yeah, just... what you get, yeah. Breakfast no. tray. That's what you get. Toast. That's what you get on a breakfast tray. Continental. Yeah. He's really trying to lay oh, on the whole, I really do live in Switzerland. It's not coming yeah, out. We're, we're not buying it. Is no, that, not uh, buying what? it at all. Might be what they have for breakfast in Luton, Lucas. <laughs> Luton, Lucas, coincidence? I think not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bit by bit, he's changing the name uh, of the town. Uh, uh, <laughs> It'll be Lucan before we know it. Yeah. Yeah. 
As in Lord. <laughs> As in Lord. Yeah. yeah. Finally, it'll be Lucas Airport. the point. What happened to him? He does need to change one letter, didn't he? It's true. Early 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows where he is. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Then, whoop, yeah. gone. gone. Exactly. You know, only... So you're suggesting he shaved off his moustache and turned up at school. I'm suggesting he shaved off his mission moustache. Turned up at your school. Turned up at my school. <laughs> dressed as an 11. <laughs> 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 and has been living a lie ever, ever since. since. <laughs> yeah. Now, that really pulled in. into Paul. Yeah. yeah. As they fruitlessly chase all over Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of fruitless, yeah. let's get back to breakfast. Yes. It's a bright and sunny early spring day in Frostanger. That doesn't mean that it's not freezing, but at least it's not snowing for once. Yeah. At about 10 30, 11, you start to hear some sort of stirrings from above you as Bacrus and his crew rouse themselves from their drunken sleep and stumble hungover down and you can watch them walk out to the street and start kind of milling about. He casts a sort of slightly... Can somebody give me an insight check? Lucas. Um, or yes, Lucan, on, I should say. On. 27. He looks hungover and maybe mildly rueful. <laughs> right, we ready then? Yeah. What are we doing? You can see him have a kind of was it a low we conversation with Vajus, who also looks up at your window and then nods. Mm-hmm. And then they wander off, and you're left to your own devices. Is there anywhere we can go shopping? Yeah. What do you want to buy? I don't know. What can we get? What's available? Yeah, we want to uh, buy and sell. Well, what can we sell? Foodstuffs, well? ironmongery. Yeah, I'm thinking leather, magic, snow. Yep, yeah, yeah. Pretty much seal, free. blubber. No, looking more for seal blubber, yes. Icy water. Ice is also mm-hmm. in plentiful supply. Yeah. Are we drifting in the general direction of you asking whether or not you can buy magic? Yes, of course. Yes. Well, yes and no. <sighs> What's the problem? The thing here is that Frostanger is not big. It's nowhere near as big as Evenstar. That means that there's a rule around item value cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, the item, item value, value cap? cap? 3,000 gold pieces. Oh, 3,000? It's not as bad as it may seem it is. at first. If you're prepared to wait a little, yeah, you might be able to stretch that limit to uh, if you're prepared to effectively double the time to acquire. What's the time to acquire? A common item takes two days to acquire. Uncommon, four days. Rare, eight days. Very rare, 16 days. Double the time, double the price cap. So you're still, the maximum is 6,000. Is that what you're saying? Mm. Yes. I'm not going to be here that long. Be quicker for no. us to teleport to Evenstar. Yes. Yes, definitely. Let's do a bit of shopping and teleport back. Yeah. Yes. We'd, we'd, I need, I've only got one. <laughs> well, you'd need a 24-hour rest. I mean... It, yeah. At least it takes you days to get stuff in Evenstar. Yeah. How many days till the ball? It's the morning of asthma day, and it's this day next week. Is there anything particularly you're after, Graham? All the things I'm after are going to take too long to get here and cost too much. What were the rules in Evenstar? Basically, shorter waiting times, and I don't think there was a cap. Right, okay. Okay, so it is a viable option to go to Evenstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% to teleport to Evenstar. Absolutely, yeah. I think that there wasn't a cap, but I think that the number of days was basically half of Frostanger. Not everything, of course, could be found, right? Oh. 
But I think a common item could be found within a day, uncommon within two days, a rare item within four days, and a very rare item within eight days. Is there some way we can organise this so that what effectively we could do is all send you our list of things we want to buy and sell, Mm -hmm. and then you can have a look at that, and then we can effectively go through what was possible and what wasn't? You go to the casinos. Yeah. Have a look at the Mm. options and come up with a wish list. Yeah. Let's not worry about it now either, right? It's asthma day. You've got a week. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow one of you teleports to Evenstar with the, <laughs> with the shopping, shopping list. list of magic yeah. <laughs> and then gets an answer on yes or no and whether or not some of these items can be acquired what the waiting time is and what the price will yeah. be and then the next day teleports back okay yeah. and then we can work out the process whereby you would return to Evenstar to acquire them when the waiting time is up does that seem yeah sensible okay let's do that then otherwise we're going to have a shopping session which is kind of boring so what's this race thing he wants to do you wander off into town let's just say your money weighing heavily on your hip and you've got magic purchasing in mind and it soon becomes clear that really you're not in the right place you haven't gone far it's about 11 in the morning certainly before lunch you round a corner and there is Urakras oh you there (laughs) at last there you are I'm looking everywhere for you him again are you ready to take on your challenge he looks like give me another insight check somebody Lucas 23. He's had a couple. He's <laughs> recovered his bravado. Did I need a 23 for that? <laughs> he looked a little bit sheepish when you saw him out the window this morning. But now and he's, back he's recovered his swagger. Uh-huh. And he's with his hobgoblin coterie. Entourage. Are you up for the challenge? And shall we do this? Uh, the boars have been corralled and prepared and uh, saddled. So... Oh, looking at you, maybe you don't have that. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Damn it for it. As I'll he says it. that, he sticks his stomach out. I'll do it, I'll do it. I'll no, it's more, I mean, it's more than right. five of you required to ride one of these giant beasts. Is that him? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. I shall be with my cohort. Shall we do this? Well, yeah, not? absolutely. Carry on. Frill Beskid from the Ogre's Hideout appears with a couple of other people and these enormous creatures. They are led out chains and nose rings they're led out from a side alley they are immense remember Piers Morgan Piers Piers Morgan Morgan, wasn't it Hmm. bigger than that much bigger okay these things are some kind of giant ice boars they're saddled with all of this with kind of an intricate array of harnesses and jesses and there is a sort of howder on the top multiple seating points for multiple riders let's put you on the race map. Mike, have you been rummaging through your attic and found that racing game we invented? Yes, coincidentally, but not in this instance, because those rules don't really work with D&D. If you head over to the right-hand edge of that map, yes, you will see the two saddled boars set up by the Fountain of Wolf, which uh, is this very item there. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Well... Frill Beskid and a couple of stewards are there, ready. Bacross says, I choose your animal. Uh, I am the challenger, so I believe you should choose your mount. Um, Can we make uh, some kind of insight check or some kind of animal handling handling check? check? Yeah, give me an animal handling check. 25. 
Can't tell them apart. Neither okay. of them seem to be particularly... Take the red one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the crust laughs at your choice, as do all of his goons. Mm-hmm. Inside just check look they're like lying so there through their Triumphant. Team. You don't need an inside okay. check. A lot of this is bravado. Yeah. Bats, oh dear. <laughs> you obviously don't have much of an eye for boar flesh. Anyway, there we are. Too late now to change your mind. Up we go. We, and you we all want to give you a slight advantage. Creatures. Don't want to make this too easy. Okay, let's get going. You're familiar with the rules? Off we go. No, what no. are the rules? No, not really. No, no. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't know the rules either. No. Oh, so you have no deeds of bravado, so to speak of, or at least not one that you're prepared to share with us. And you don't know the rules of boar racing, really. I'm very embarrassing. I don't know the rules of boar racing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have, I've got <laughs> shades of the submarine thing going on here now, but we'll get into it. First things first, let's talk about the course. It's one lap of Frostanger yeah. following the mar- uh, reader, dear reader. None of this will make any sense. But this will mostly be done theatre of the mind. You head directly across the Woe Bridge onto the Royal Island, mm-hmm. straight across the Royal Island and onto the Forest Bridge, straight over through the tollway on the, the other little island, the one with the other keys and docks on it, and the angry rifter, the tavern. Straight over the next bridge. So clockwise round the a town. Sharp, yeah, clockwise round the town. A sharp right up to the arena in the northwestern corner of the town. Straight along a long straight, the street of a dozen smiles through the temple district. Down the way of the Queen Marshal, which brings you almost all the way back. And then you go past your starting point, run down Dallow Way until you get to the lighthouse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. These are the rules that I've got. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me just get my notes. As with the submarine combat, if we think we found something that doesn't really work or we think it would be more fun to do it a different way, let's just work out what we like. Okay. Boars have a maximum speed of eight hexes. You roll initiative each turn. The winner gets to decide whether or not to move first or second. That is relevant, will become relevant later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of your turn and the uh, loser of initiative must declare first, you must decide which of four actions you wish to take with your characters. The four actions are uh, gone from my list. <laughs> Excellent. Very well organised. Oh, here we go, yes. You can either accelerate. That means that you use a goad to enrage the boar into greater speed. Only up to four of you at any time can wield a goad. Mm-hmm. You can break. That reduces your speed in your turn by one. Two of you at the most can manage the steerage of the creature. So two of you can manage the steerage. They can also be carrying goads. Yes? Mm-hmm. You get a general idea? We'll have to work out these allocations as we go. You can turn or you can take an action. Now, that action can be any action in the world of D&D. No lethal magic is to be used, but you could cast a sleep storm or something. As a generality, spell ranges sort of roughly work in 30s and 60s. I'm saying that anything up to 30 feet as a range, you're going to be in the same hex as the target. Anything up to 60 feet adjacent, anything up to 90, 120 feet, three hexes, four hexes. You get the general idea. Again, we'll work out what's reasonable where we hit those problems. So spells are allowed. Source of the goose and all of that. Spells are allowed, yeah. Okay. 
but you've got to decide. So, for example, if you wanted to accelerate by four in your turn, four of you would have to declare an accelerate action, leaving only one of you to do anything else. If that was the case, then you've only got one person to turn. Let's talk about turning, crashing, and all of that. Again, we'll get into the detail of it, right? For each goader who declares an acceleration action, you get plus one to your speed, maximum four goaders. For each harness operator or steerer, only two of you are allowed. You can either break or turn. It is free to make a one face hex turn in each move. So if you're barreling along on a row of hexes and you want to make a single face turn as part of your move, that's free. If you want to make a turn that's any more abrupt than that, you have to make something called a turn check. That is an animal handling check. So Parker might be a good candidate to be your first steers person. Your second turn in any move also attracts a check. And the more turns you make and the more faces you use, the higher the modifier of the turn check. The DC of a turn check is eight plus your speed plus one per face or additional turn. Eight plus your speed plus one per additional turn. Or per face. So let's say you're making a single turn in a move, but it's not just one face of the hex, it's two faces. And you are traveling at eight, your maximum speed. The DC of that turn check would be 17. Do you get me? Yeah. Which means that Parker would need a 10. If another steers person elects to assist with the turning, bear in mind that you're then taking them away from something else, like braking, for example, that's an assist check. Rather, DC 10, animal handling check. If you make that check, then the main person gets plus two on the turn check. If you fail on a turn check, you have to make what's called a crash test. You roll a d20 and you deduct your speed from the roll. The higher, the better. On a 19 or 20, sail on through, no problems. On the 13 to 18, just a scratch. Your speed though goes down by one, right? So let's say you're barreling along at seven and you have a bit of an incident. Your next turn, you're only moving at six. Seven to 12, side swipe your speed is down by two four to six is a crunch you miss a whole turn and when you restart your speed is zero and if you get one to three that's wipe out that's game over you can use alt dice on that check you can use alt dice on any of these checks there's another factor every turn i will roll a d20 and if i get a number of 10 or over everything is fine but if i get a number between one and nine Using the Dungeon Master's Guide Urban Chase Complication Table, you may hit something else that makes your life a little bit more complicated. I've adapted it slightly because in the Urban Chase Complication Table, you, as a generality, default to dexterity to avoid obstacles. Here, we're going to be using animal handling. We understand that? Mm -hmm. That's it. I have no idea how they're going to work. You start by rolling initiative. Can Uh, I just clarify the the speed? You have acceleration and deceleration. So you start off at standing, but they have a speed of eight. No, no, you start off at standing, and then you can get to a maximum of eight. So in your first turn, you may throw everything into acceleration. The maximum number of people you can have wielding a goad is four. Yeah. The start is on a straight, so I would say that chances are that both teams are going to throw four into acceleration and be moving at the speed four at the end of their first turn. Is that standard D&D? So is that eight hexes? Move, move. No, 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 no. If your speed goes up to four in your turn, you move four hexes. And what, what effect would the haste spell have? I will say that one of the rules is that speed-enhancing magics are forbidden. There you go. Okay. What's Parker's animal handling? Plus seven. Plus seven. Oh, okay. 
I'm just looking at the map where the green line, dashed line is going. What about yes. teleport? Now, every now, would... every now and again, we're going to have to make some fine judgments about whether or not turns are required. And my yeah. instinct is going to be benevolent in those cases. If a straight line carries you along the course, even if in theory you're moving around between one face for hex and another that's not going to be applied it's only when it's clear that you have to make a proper turn through hexes okay but that says to me um, that we effectively we've got a complete straight all the way through all the way across the first three bridges yes to the it's not way. a twisty turny track okay. it would be fair to say right. yeah as we go through each turn i will make clear as we approach every new piece of terrain or challenge what's required before you get into it yeah final thing is if you see somebody negotiate an obstacle or a turn before you do you get advantage on your check okay if you win initiative you get choice as to whether or not you want to move first or second sometimes there'll be a benefit of moving second because if there's a turn coming up if you see your competitor make that turn mm. you will get advantage on your check to make the same turn how long's a round in this thing uh don't know six seconds let's say it doesn't matter well it does for spell durations oh i mean yeah i mean i think couple of miles i think this track is these boars move like stink the whole thing's going to take a few minutes and okay. we will just apply reasonability based on that on in terms of spell durations okay who's got the highest initiative bonus plus four better than me better than me yeah oh, why have advantage on the initiative though oh. what's your bonus plus three uh, you then come on let's go let's do it okay you mount your boars yep have you allocated who's doing what because uh, is going to be doing the handling of the animal. I think we need... Anybody else going to be allocated to the harnesses and the steering? We should have two. It's a, That's animal handling, yeah? Anybody got animal, animal handling? handling? Yes. Go on, okay. So sessions and but you can switch. up front. You can goad while you're animal yes. handling. Yeah. Right? You can goad when you're... At, yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got two steers people, yeah. each with a goad. You've yeah. got two people in the middle of the thing with a goad each. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got one person maybe probably sitting at the little back kick step faces backwards let's say yeah they're free to do whatever they want to do and you can move the rolls around each time okay we're going to feel our way into this it's like the submarine combat but yeah. it's going to be over mercifully quickly <laughs> okay frill beskert stands between the steaming roaring snouts of these giant creatures their tiny little piggy boar like eyes stare down the barrel of the woe bridge but Cross goes, right then, let's do this. And Beskud drops his handkerchief, and we will find out oh, who wins the race. Who claims the honours? <laughs> oh, really? Of the champion of the Frost oh, Angle. wound up for this. We pick things up next week. Are we going to have to go through the rules again? The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Prince of Red Hand and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Prince of Red Hand was written by Richard Pett. Music is from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.